Welcome back to the Little Bits of Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Nick Ati. We are picking up from our last pharmacology discussions on antimicrobials, the macrolides, and the lincosamides. And we're moving on to the sulfonamides as promised. Now, sure you, you'd agree with me that the macrolides was a sweet one, and this even promises to be sweeter. <laughs> Taking pills isn't sweet anyway, but <laughs> at least not for me, don't know about you. So I had my COVID, uh, had my shot of the COVID-19 vaccine today, and I feel a little, you know, um, some slight headaches and mali. Uh, I don't know if it's the vaccine or it's hunger. <laughs> my meals today were in that um, regular. So um, anyways, forgive me if this gets a little bit on the low side in between. Sulfonamides, shall we? Now, before we get into the interesting part of things, let's go through our usual preamble. A quick run-through of bacterial folate synthesis, that is. Now, folic acid, of course, is needed in DNA synthesis. Its metabolism is essential to ensure the proper functioning of all living cells. Now, the, the synthesis of folate for the eventual uh, use for DNA synthesis is um, we're really going to uh, talk about it in a nutshell because the aim of this podcast is to highlight the things you need to know, the things that gets tested, you know, the things that gets tested always, the things that uh, it gets asked a lot of times at um, word rounds, either um, in exams or tests, you know, so that you can have those ones at the tip of your fingers. And then you can uh, decide to go and read all, read up all the nitty gritty uh, details later on in a textbook. So uh, there are two things here. Uh, Teridine, which is the substrate for this particular pathway, uh, combines with PABA, uh, that is paraamino benzoic acid. And this uh, leads to, uh, this gives dihydropteroic acid. This reaction, that is Teridine and PABA, giving the hydropteroic acid is um, facilitated by the enzyme dihydropteroic acid synthase, also known as the folic acid synthase anyway. And this uh, combines with glutamate to form the hydrofolic acid, simply known as DHF. DHF is acted upon by the hydrofolic reductase, which gives tetrahydrofolic acid, which is essentially folate. And um, now, this simple pathway is what we will use to explain the mechanism of action of uh, the um, um, sulfonamides. And of course, um, going a little bit uh, backwards after that uh, preamble, uh, nucleic acid synthesis inhibitors, generally speaking, are divided into two. They can be indirect or direct nucleic acid synthesis inhibitors. Under the indirect um, nucleic acid synthesis inhibitors, you have the uh, sulfonamides and trimethoprim that's under the indirect and they inhibit folic acid synthesis both of them under the direct nucleic acid synthesis inhibitors you have the quinolones and fluoroquinolones and rifampicin now these 
um, inhibits uh, topoisomerase 2 and 4. Yes, 2 and 4. And these are the direct nucleic acid synthesis inhibitors. Now, sulfonamides usually uh, is an analog of para-amino uh, benzoic acid, which uh, uh, inserts into the pocket of the enzyme that is needed, that PABA needs to join to attach itself to, so that it can combine with pteridine to form the dihydroteroic um, acid. Now, when it can't do that, because um, uh, when it can't do that, because the um, enzyme has its pocket blocked, and the analog, of course, which is the sulfonamide, is um, attached to that enzyme. It means the, the pathway is, you know, definitely useless. You can't produce folic acid uh, synthesis. I mean, folic acid that way. It's it's definitely just going to produce a useless one for the bacteria. Now, this is bacterial cell wall synthesis. It does not affect um, the, um, the folate in our body systems because we have a way of absorbing this folate. Um, from dietary means. So you have this uh, reaction, this equation going um, forward in bacterial uh, nucleic acid uh, synthesis, not really that having that enzyme in the human system. And that is why sulfonamides can easily uh, inhibit bacterial cells without affecting or causing um, issues for uh, uh, human living cells. So that is what sulfonamides do. They inhibit uh, folic acid synthesis by inhibiting the enzyme dihydroteroic acid synthase, which facilitates the conversion of pteridine and PABA to dihydroteroic acid. Now, that is where sulfonamides act. Now, the conversion of DHF to THF is facilitated by dihydrofolate reductase and this is where trimethoprims act. So, you now understand why you may have a sulfonamide combined with a uh, with trimethoprim to form cotrimoxazole, which is that's usually given in uh, patients uh, for prophylaxis anyway. Now, these two um, indirect nucleic acid synthesis inhibitors on their own are bacteriostatic. Both sulfonamides and trimethoprime are bacteriostatic because of the effect that they have on the enzyme that we talked about. So, however, if you use both together, you have a bactericidal action because it is synergistic. So it's more like um, um, unity solves <laughs> unity solves everything. Unity solves it more. So that is why they are used together. One, uh, to create a synergistic effect. Secondly, to decrease the chances of resistance. Now, moving on. Uh, we've talked about the mechanism of action. Um, again, the pharmacokinetics, you, there's this uh, simple uh, mnemonic I used to use, ADME, that's A-D-M-E, uh, that's absorption, distribution, metabolism, elimination. So I'm just going to run through it. 
um, for absorption is rapidly and well absorbed orally. Uh, it's distributed in the body, crosses the blood-brain barrier, and placenta, very important. So it accumulates in prostatic fluid. And um, uh, for the metabolism, it is in the liver. And um, usually it is uh, by a process known as acetylation. The excretion is by the kidneys. So it is filtered through the glomerulus and excreted in the kidneys. The antibacterial spectrum is very wide. It affects both gram-positive and gram-negative um, organisms. And of course, like we discussed, um, you can combine both um, indirect nucleic acid synthesis inhibitors, both sulfonamides and trimetoprim to cause a bactericidal um, effect. So, uh, what are the group of drugs in um, under sulfonamides? We're going to split them into um, systemic drugs, local drugs, and both. Okay, under systemic drugs, you can also still split them into short acting, intermediate acting, and long acting. So I'm just going to give you a few examples. So for short acting, um, this sulfadiazine is an example of short acting. Um, sulfamethoxazole is an example of intermediate acting. Um, sulfadoxine is a long acting sulfonamide and these are under the systemic sulfonamides so again systemic can be short acting intermediate acting long acting so sulfur diazine is short acting sulfur meth thoxazole is intermediate acting and sulfur doxine is long acting so um, remember we said it can be systemic, local or both. For local, you have the um, silver sulfadiazine, that which is used in dressing bones wound, I'm sure um, during plastic rotations, uh, one must have come across this. Then the uh, maffinite is also under local. Now for both, you have the sulfasalazine, and um, that brings to mind its usage in inflammatory bowel disease, especially uh, ulcerative colitis, and it can also be used in rheumatoid um, arthritis. It's actually broken down into sulfasalazine is actually broken down into two uh, components: the five ASA five. Um, Acetylsalicylic acid, which is used, which is important in ulcerative colitis, and the S-pyridine, which is important in rheumatoid arthritis. So again, it is absorbed. Going back to the pharmacokinetics, pharmacokinetics absorbed um, rapidly orally, uh, crosses the CSF, the blood-brain barrier, the placenta, and um, yeah, those are the important points there. And then we went to the group of drugs under sulfonamides and we, we said we have the systemic, local, or both systemic and local. The systemic, short-acting, uh, can also be intermediate-acting, can be long-acting. And we gave examples. Dia is the short one. That's meaning one. Short-acting, sulfadiazine, intermediate-acting, sulfamethoxazole, and long-acting sulfur 
dioxane and the local one which you can quickly remember that's used in bonds the silver sulfur diazine or the other um close relation the maffinide and um for both uh, remember um inflammatory bowel disease the sulfur salazine which can be used in ulcerative colitis and rheumatoid arthritis so um moving forward what are the adverse effects now i won't go into uh, most of the clinical uses i won't go into um <laughs> a lot of it has it really has a lot of uses and i mean i mean just be uh, churning them out without uh, you getting a hang of it this may just take you um sitting down and um, getting a hang of it eventually so i'm not going to go into that i've mentioned a few examples already and so uh we'll move on to the adverse effects so um one of the major 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 adverse effects that is um recognized is the um, crystalluria which can eventually cause cause renal toxicity so the, the issue is that the metabolites in the kidneys are usually less soluble especially in acidic urine so it precipitates in the kidneys and the renal tubules and you know causes um, formation of crystals crystals and also obstructs um, and also causes renal obstruction so these crystals uh, which you eventually pass in urine or in the kidneys are what uh, we know as the crystalluria so um, that is why when when we're giving sulfur drugs we advise that you take a lot of fluids plenty fluids and then we may also um, help you to alkalinize uh, your urine so that it reduces the risk of having crystalluria um, a second very important adverse effect is hypersensitivity reactions there are different um, things that are known the scar uh, severe cutaneous um, adverse reactions um, rashes essentially um, especially at mucocutaneous junctions the one you must mention by all means when asked about the um, adverse effects of sulfonamides is Stephen Johnson's syndrome. Stephen Johnson's syndrome, the whole spectrum, um, uh, toxic epidermal necrosis, uh, uh, erythema, multiforme, uh, and so on and so forth. So you must mention Stephen Johnson's syndrome. Again, they can have eosinophilia. In fact, they have leukopenia most of the time. So they can also have drug fever and they have exfoliative uh, dermatitis. Um, another one you must mention, <laughs> there are a lot of must mentions, right? So another one you must mention is its use in patients with G6PD, glucose 6-phosphate dehydrogenase deficiency because in these patients it can cause hemolysis and eventually causes hemolytic anemia so they can have neutropenia agranulocytosis thrombocytosis i think they they um, they qualify their candidates for aplastic anemia too okay so because um, it can be precipitated especially in premature infants 
um, since the blood-brain barrier is not fully developed, sulfonamides can displace bilirubin from protein-binding sites and cause uh, bilirubin to pass through, you know, the blood the blood-brain barrier. And when this happens, it goes to you know, deposit in the basal ganglia. And what happens next is kenic terrors. That is also another testable content. Very important. So we've mentioned very important things here. You must mention crystalluria. You must mention Stephen Johnson syndrome and TENS. That's toxic epidermal necrosis. You must mention drug fever. It's usually highly tested. You must mention GCSPD deficiency patients. And you must, of 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 in necessity, mention kenic terrors. It's highly important. So other things that can happen: uh, nausea, vomiting, epigastric pain, hepatitis causes a whole lot of hepatic injuries uh, most of the time. So you may not want to. Um, you may want to be careful. Uh, giving these drugs in such patients. So you can't give this drug in pregnancy. That's essentially <laughs> part of what we are talking about. You can't give this drug in pregnancy because, again, it's a teratogen. It can cause uh, teratogenicity. Then it can cause kenicteros. And um, again, you have to be very careful with patients who have um, liver problems and all that. So hypersensitivity reactions, rash. Uh, they also cause photosensitivity. And uh, we mentioned the plastic anemia. Of course, before it causes that, it would have caused some form of uh, bone marrow suppression. And it also has GI uh, gastrointestinal effects in the form of uh, nausea, diarrhea, you know, and um, things like that. So that's essentially uh, what you may need to know about uh, sulfonamides. So the rest of the things I've not mentioned are mostly the nitty gritty things that you may need to find out and just um, read up and add to this particular episode because it may be very cumbersome and defeats the aim and the purpose of this podcast episode, which is to just break things down in a nutshell for sulfonamides one important thing one has to remember is its use in combination with trimethoprim one to reduce the resistance uh, rate of resistance and second because you want a synergistic action uh, for the uh, bactericidal effect to take place and then use it in prophylaxis for chest infections for pneumocystic carinae in um hiv patient so i'm going to drop a uh, some mnemonic for the basic characteristics of um the sulfonamides and also the side effects so if you want to um go about that you 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 can spell sulfur in the form of s u l f a that's sulfur s u l f a so for basic characteristics of this group in a nutshell s it has a low solubility especially in acidic medium which is why it causes what crystalluria secondly 
it is useful for urinary tract infections very very useful for urinary tract infections that's for you so s is for solubility is low u is for useful for uti l is large spectrum that is it has a very broad spectrum both gram negatives and gram negative organisms are affected by this drug so we are at f now f is the mechanism of action for leak acid synthesis again um, um what is the enzyme here now dihydrofolic um dihydrofolic acid synthase that's the enzyme here so when asked about the mechanism of action you can say it is an indirect <laughs> nucleic acid inhibitor uh nucleic acid synthesis inhibitor or you can say it is a folic acid uh, or folate synthesis inhibitor and then they ask you further and you say okay so the enzyme involved is dihydrotyroic acid synthase the last letter here but not the least is a meaning it is an anti-metabolite and it is also an analog of paraaminobenzoic acid that is PABA. So I go through it again fast now. Uh, S-U-L-F-A. Solubility is low. Useful for UTI. L for large spectrum. F for folic acid synthesis inhibitor. A for anti-metabolite and analog of PABA. Now onto the side effects. The same spelling, the same mnemonic also applies. S is for Steven Johnson syndrome, that's SJS, Steven Johnson syndrome, and other skin rashes. What are the other things apart from Steven Johnson syndrome? Uh, you, I said we should mention the whole spectrum. Um, again, you talk about toxic epidermal necrosis, you talk about exfoliative dermatitis, um, and so on and so and so forth. Just know it affects the mucocutaneous uh, junctions, causes skin rashes, causes drug fever, and so on and so forth. U is for urticaria. That is another thing you find on the skin. And it's also for urine precipitate. That is U. And that stands for crystalluria. Yes, you're correct. The L now is for leukopenia. Again, we said all the cell lines can be depleted and then you can have bone marrow suppression you can have aplastic anemia so just keep you know drumming those things into into your head it will stick so f is for folic acid deficiency a is for aplastic anemia we already talked about it so you know once you use this mnemonic you just keep adding other things that we talked about kenicteros uh photosensitivity gcspd um uh, deficiency patients and all that so um, in a nutshell this is the sulfonamides um, I'll urge you to also look up the trimethoprime uh, sister so as to understand the um, advantage that I talked about and to also understand more about that, that same drug the most important thing that is being tested are the things I've mentioned and that is the enzyme that uh, trimethoprime uh, actually affects which is the dihydrofolate reductase which converts uh, DHF that's dihydro, uh, dihydrofolate to THF that's the tetrahydrofolate and um, uh, what else now 
Um, again, it's used in prophylaxis for chest infections in HIV patients, immunocompromised, especially HIV patients. So, if you have any questions, if you have any clarifications, uh, you can discuss this on the Podroom app. I'll be there 24 7 to answer your queries, your questions, acknowledge your contributions, and also have some fun. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's your host once again, Nick Ate, saying bye for now. See you in the next episode.